Hello, world, and welcome to the next episode of Expect to Win. Um, again, I'm your host, Lamar Thomas. I have with me uh, another great brother, uh, Renrick, is born, or he was born in Trinidad, okay, lived in New York, lived in California, joined the military, has been all over the world, and I found him in Georgia, that he's a real good dude. I know that uh, you're going to be blessed uh, by the knowledge and the things that he's has and things that he's experienced from going around the world. Uh, he is currently in the military. He's a, say it again, he's a cardio pumping. Yeah, military folks, man, y'all know what that means. All right, but I'm more interested in the brother and his journey uh, and, and the things that he's doing. So again, I welcome Renwick, man. Say what's up to everybody. Hey, 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 hey. What's up, world? What's up, world? Awesome, man. Well, man, we're going to jump right into it. Um, and I'm gonna apologize early. Um, we, we're in a location that that you know may be a little some side noise, but again, let's let's try to focus on the message. But go ahead and tell the people a little bit about yourself. I guess we could jump in, kind of you know, born in Trinidad. Yeah, I was born in Trinidad, uh, part of the Caribbean. I lived there for about a couple of years, then I came to New York. My family moved to New York, Brooklyn, New York, to be exact. Brooklyn in the house. Yeah, man, grew up in New York, man. Trying to, trying to do the right thing. My parents came up to the state. Uh, didn't have much. My father worked odd jobs. My mom was going to school full time and working in the supermarket. So, you know, yeah. didn't have much at all. Trying to raise my mom. My parents trying to raise three kids. Three kids. So, that was a little tough. And on the oldest, because I'm the oldest. Right. I'm uh, six years older than my brother and eight years older than my sister. So, I'm the oldest. Got to be the man of the house most of the time. I really wasn't raised for it. So, of course, you know, you start running the streets and start doing the things that you ain't supposed to. Oh, yeah. But I had really good um, foundation and good um, cousins and stuff, so they told me to go way left. They, they took me back. So you you had a lot of family in New York, yeah, or I, more I, family was in Trinidad? Uh, most of my, my family, because my dad is one of the youngest kids of uh, nine, so his, his older brothers and stuff was already in the States and was doing well. So my father and mother were doing really well in Trinidad, but everybody was like, hey, you can do better from the States. Right. We have this, we have house, we have, you know, we get your job because uh, so my mother and father decided that that's the thing to do because already everybody's up the state, everybody's doing well. It made it seem so easy. Right. So, how how old were you when you transitioned uh, from? I came up first. So I came up when I was seven. Okay, okay. I came up when I was seven. I uh, stayed with my, my aunt, my, my dad's brother. My dad's sister stayed with her for about two years. Then my parents came up. Wow. Is it, could you tell, is it a big difference? Um, you know, was it a culture shock coming from? Because I didn't know my cousins like that. Um, so even coming to the States, it was a culture shock. Because, you know, you go to a place that, you come from a place that is always hot. Right. Rain, and all of a sudden now you're in the snow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All the things you saw on TV is what's in your face. So as a seven-year-old, I really didn't notice the culture shock. It's not until I got older is when I started to put you know, put two and two together. That's like, okay, this was different that I experienced, you know. Okay, good deal. All right. Well, you know, you made it through New York enough, um, you know, to to go through school, you know. So what what factor, you know, because I'm a a principal and, you know, and I try to talk to young men, uh, what was one of the factors that made you decide to join the military? Well, it's twofold. I have a lot of cousins in the military. Army, Navy, Marine, uh, and Air Force. So I'm gonna tell you how. how one of the reasons I made my choice because I had one of my cousins I look up to, uh, Rekai. He was in the Army. 
he would come home and visit, and he would talk about his army stories, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then uh, one of my neighbors, my cousin who's in the Navy, he got, his shit got hit. I was the USS Cole. Okay. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I ain't doing that. And then when my quietest cousin, I mean, you wouldn't even think. I mean, he was a mouse. He was a punk. He was a mouse. He went to the Marines, came back to talk about for no reason. And I'm like, yeah, you brainwashed, so I'm not doing that. So the ones who was fly and chilled was in the airport. Right. So I was like, I'll do that because it looked seemed evil. Right. Like, I ain't had to get in the bush. <laughs> I had to do none of those things, you know, in the jungle and all that. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. The second poll was after I, when I was graduating high school, I really had no plan. Right. I graduated high school out of a thousand kids, top 50. Uh, 
I've been to Maryland, been to Germany, been to Japan, been to California, been to Little Rock. Um, now I'm here in Georgia, and I have little TDYs here and there. I've been, been uh, in the desert, most spots in the desert. Wow, I mean, is that that has something? I mean, you know, that's, those are memories that. Yeah, well, my first appointment was all about uh, when I was like 23. And I just not too long from the military, but in about two years, so I didn't know what a deployment was. There was no war time really going on, so I didn't know what it, I was deployed with Saudi. I didn't know what a deployment was, so it was all about chicks and money for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's real though. I, I mean, mean, you know, I was trying to be international. Right. You know, Suddenly, then it kind of 
Cindy staff for a while, you know, the yeah. press and whatever. And then I remember when he was most proud of me was when I was in the military because he came to visit me right. in San Antonio and I could see the joy in his face. So I was like, well, I'm going to come back in. And this is a, maybe a three-year break at this point. So I right. came back in and that's when I crossed straight into the medical field. And, um, and that's why I, I saw him, that same guy, had that speech with me. I saw him in, in Germany. I was like two more ranks up, so right. I, was, I shouldn't even have been in. I should have been put out. I should have been done with. I should have been thrown away. And I told him, I told him, and everybody was with me. I said, "Hey, man, this is the guy that saved my military career." He's like, "Man, I ain't do nothing, man." And he's done retired now. Yeah. And I ain't do nothing, man. I said, "Man, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be where I am at today." And at this point, I'm moving because I know what I want to do. I'm focused, um, somewhat. Right. You know, Focus so much, so that's, that's how that but happens. you you focus enough that now you are in a sense like that guy because yeah. I'm sure that there are younger oh. guys that that you could see yourself oh, being yeah. you know and essentially it's about the same as being a teacher you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know because we all had our times and we all been young and there are some kids that you see that man you headed down the same road that that I had and I'm trying to give you a secret I'm trying to let you know that you can change that. Before you make all the mistakes that I made, but you know, kids today are so it's easier to distract than we were. But yeah. all we had, really, if you're being honest with yourself, all we had. I'm 46 now, so in the 90s, all we had was a people, yeah, females, yeah, partying and drinking, and pretty much that was it in the right. job, right? Today's right. distractions is all in your hand, right in front. So you wake up in the morning and you spend two hours on your phone. Right. Right. You can watch somebody. You can watch these kids today. They'd be in a room with ten of them, with right. nobody talking, but everybody's heads down on their phone. Right. I'm like, hey, this is what y'all call hanging out. That, 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 we was hanging out. We yeah. playing a game. We was talking trash. You know, I'll be hooping or we doing something. But right. we had less distractions right. than the kids today. So I have people who try to get out now. Right. Like young kids, like man, the military for me. I'm like, all right, cool. What you gonna do?
GI at the time wasn't as good as it is today. So I was like, I'm not going to be able to pay. So now I had to rethink my whole plan, but I didn't have a plan, really. Right. My thing was I was going to get out, and I was going to go to culinary school, and I was going to become a chef, right. and all that and all that. But that so, was no real plan because I did no research into what I wanted to do. So was you trying to combine the international international pimping with yourself? You well, was good. Well, I, I probably was going to end up doing something like that because, you know, there's a lot of... But I, didn't, I really didn't have a plan. I didn't know yeah. where I wanted to work. I, had to, I mean, because normally, like right now, I, right now, if I retire today, I can go work in a hospital, right? But my, job, my, my mindset now is not to just work in a hospital, right? What I want to do is, because of the things I've seen and dealt with, I want to work in a VA, a major hospital, and be in charge so I can help these vets get with the, the help that they need because a lot right. of vets are not getting the help they need. So that's my plan. Right. That's what I'm working to. That's what my degree plan is about. And as soon as I'm done with school, I'm going to go right back into get my master's. Right. right. So that's what I'm working at. But before, I didn't have, I didn't know where I wanted to work. I didn't right. know if I wanted to work in a hotel or a restaurant. Right. So I had no plan. So my plan now is, uh, I ain't mean to say that, but this guy's out here a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, back back to it. Um, you know, you, you you got a plan now, and and that means a lot when you have a plan. Um, so, what do you say to these new recruits? Um, is there any tactics, or do you do anything to to help them develop a plan? You know, is, is it anything that because somebody may be listening that that's kind of right there, and and we can help them get a plan today that's going to help them, you know, save a couple years in their life. They can get started early. Well, I can tell you this: I my oldest talking about my kids, right? So, right. I have five kids now, right? My two oldest, one is in school, my second one is in school, my first one is actually in the Air Force right now. Right. Um, he had no plan. So I said, hey, I'll give you a year after high school. I said, you try to figure out what you want to do. Um, if, you don't, if you don't figure it out, then you can come stay with me and I will help you. You know, help you do what you want to do because at this time he lived with his mom. And he called me one day, said, hey, Dad, I think I want to do the military. Did you think? Because I don't want you to do something that you don't, you're not, you know, you're not sure about or whatever, or you're doing something because you think that's what I want you to do, or your mom wants you to do. You have to do it because you want to do it. Right. Said, Dad, I want to do it because I want to go to school, and I, want, I know the military pays for it, and what do you want to do while you're in the military? What's the jobs you want to do? Right. He said, you want to be a cop? And I said, okay. I said, hey. Remember, do your research and know what the cops do. They don't just stand at the gate and take check IDs. Yeah. They do a lot more than that. They deploy a lot. They, you know, they put on a lot of armor. And they front line sometimes. Right. I just want to make sure you understand what you what you, you signed up for. And he did his research and he was cool. So I, I helped him. I had some recruiter friends and we got him in. What I what I tell young kids today that come work for me, like we have to have a, a, a mentoring session. Right. First get there. Right, when in the first 90 days, there's like, what are you trying to do? What's your plan? How long do you want to stay in? You know, and a lot of them haven't thought that far. Right. You know, they signed a six-year contract, and they were like, well, at the sixth year, I'll figure out what I want to do. I said, that's not correct. Right. I said, uh, the military, the Air Force, but the Air Force uh, is different for every branch, but in the Air Force, you have to get the Air Force like your first two years. Because, you know, they send you to basic, they send you to school to learn your job, and then you have to be proficient in it. Right. But then after that, then the military, like the Air Force, is like, hey, we want you to go to school. We want you to do these things because they have a, a program which is 
call it TTAF, which is community college at the airport, which gives you your two-year degree. Right. Right? So you get all the experience from your job that gives you a lot of credit. So then all you have to do is just your math and English and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I tell people that, hey, get, knock that out. Get that out the way early so that you can. Uh, figure out what you want to do. If the job that you're doing is not what you want to do, start going to school for what you want to do. Uh, because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy today because we see how the, the Air Force, the military was downsizing. And a lot of people was getting out with no plan. Right. That's why we have a lot of homeless vets today. Right. Because they, I mean, I'm not saying all homeless vets, uh, people who have got out without no plan. Right. But some of them are. Just no plan. You gotta have a plan. You gotta have a plan. Uh, it, uh, we've said it before, you know, not having a plan is like trying to go to Atlanta going south. Yeah. You're going 75 south from Georgia, and you end up in Miami. Uh, you don't know if yeah, you just get in your car and go, but you don't have a plan no, of where you're going. Because, I mean, when we lived in Tokyo, right? I lived in, I lived in Japan. Right. And we were like, we're just going to go downtown Tokyo. Me and the wife, we're just going to go downtown Tokyo, and we're going to have a good time. Well, you go downtown Tokyo, Tokyo is huge. It's not like going downtown Valdosta. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're downtown Tokyo, you don't know which direction to go to. You don't know what restaurants to eat at. You don't know nothing. Right. You know, so it's not like Tokyo is not a place that you can just go wing it. So basically, the second time we went, we had a place. Correct. And so it makes it easier. I'm not saying that you can't just wing stuff and it works out. But yeah, sometimes you wing stuff and it works out. Right. But for the most part, it doesn't. Yeah, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. Yeah, you got to have a plan. An outline or some type of plan. But speaking of that, man, and I, I'm not going to keep you on too long, but what was the wildest story that you could think of that, that happened in the military? I mean, because I've had a few military friends, and they always got this one or two stories. Um, not 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 incriminating anybody, right, right. but, you How know. How are you talking about that? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Just something that's one of your, the, the memories. You know, just. All, a, right, well, it, all right. But a lot of times, when I first joined the military, I had, at that time, I, I, I've been DJing since I was 14. Right. right. At the time when I was in New York, I was heavy into it. Like, I was DJ college parties and folk rides. I mean, I was heavy trying to be on the radio, um, trying to DJ with Funk Flex and all those. So I would be always putting myself out there. When I joined the military, I, I kind of put it down a little bit. But then they had, um, when I was stationed in San Antonio, they had a guy who, two guys. One guy was a young DJ, one was an older guy. And they're like, hey, man, why don't you come DJ with us, man? You know, you DJ, let me see what you got, whatever, whatever. So I did a little song for him. They said, oh, okay, cool. So the older guy, he was retiring. So he decided he was going to have a, a party at his house. He had a nice big house, pool party. Right. And it, it was a call. It was called, uh, we had not flyers and everything. It was called a bikini boxer party. If the girls didn't have a bikini, you couldn't come in. And the guy said he had a shorts or whatever. And right. Fine. So here I am DJing this bikini boxer party. It was the wildest, <laughs> craziest thing I've ever been part of at that time. Right. Right? Because here I am, I'm DJing, girls didn't know I DJ. Right? So when I'm when they come around the booth and they see this me DJing, that just get that just gave me extra points. Right. I didn't have to say one. <laughs> right. right. And that was the first time I ever had jungle juice. You know what okay. I Put it in a big trash can. Okay. Oh. And they put all this stuff in there, Everclear and all that. Yeah. And you're drinking and you're like, oh, man, it's not that bad. This thing is weak. But next thing you know, clothes is coming off. <laughs> so it ended up becoming like, 
the night ended up like we was at at the Playboy Mansion. Wow. Wow. And I'm going to leave it at that. Correct. Okay. I got you. All right. It's pretty wild. All right. But it's a story that yeah. you can remember. Yeah. And I'm it's saying it. And, but and, see, the thing is, like, now I have kids. Uh, being honest with you, I won't want my kids to be part of that type of stuff. Because I correct. was lucky. I was lucky here and I was lucky. Correct. But, you know, sometimes it's good to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to to be able to talk about the mess. And that's kind of what the podcast is. So I thank you for being transparent. Um, you know, but somebody may have, you know, just needed that to, to get them past that hump. So, you know, if they knew you then, you know, you, you mentioned you were, you were slanging a little bit, you know, getting in trouble at school, um, about to get kicked out of the military, then quitting the military. So all these things, you had an opportunity to give up. You had an opportunity to go the wrong way, and you turned all the way, all that around. You know, you turned all that around, um, and you was able to do something, one, that you know is going to make your father proud. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And now you are the father. Now you are that, that old vet that, that helped you. Now you are that guy for your kids and for as many young people that you see coming into the military. Man, so, you know, like I said, man, that's why I said I know you're a good dude, uh, and, and I know why now, because of all the hardships and things that you had to go through, it only makes you stronger. Um, you know, so I, I really do appreciate everything that you're doing to help us in this fight, this humanity fight, um, just to make the world better. Uh, uh, and I love my kids, man. Yeah. I love my kids has made me uh, want to be better, because I want them to see somebody positive, because like you said, the world sometimes is a little, a little negative. Yes. Of the black man. Correct. So I wanted to give them something positive to see. That's why I'm going back to school. That's why I'm doing these things. Cause I want them, you know. Correct. Correct. Hey, man, that, that's a that's a message that I try to push all the time, man. I am me. You know, I come from a, a family that, that didn't have a, a lot. You know, we didn't have a silver spoon. You know, I made syrup sandwiches. And, and you know, I, I've been there. You know, I, I've been there walking the streets. uh just trying to find anything to do and not really knowing what, what was going on. Um, I've been through the profile and other police and, and, you know, so I've been through all that stuff, man. And I was able to just keep my mind headed in the direction. I had a plan that I didn't want to be like, you know, some of the people in my family, you know what I'm saying? That was my plan. That was, I'm just going to be honest. My biggest plan was I didn't want to be struggling like some of the people that I was raised with, you know what I'm saying? I knew I had uncles and cousins and fathers, that just, you know, hey, I can't get certain jobs because the government going to take my money for child support. Uh, you know, I go to jail and all this other stuff and, and selling other drugs and, and the stealing and going in and out of jail. You know, and I just said, man, look, that ain't what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I cannot do that. And, um, you know, and that just kind of was a driving force with, with me today. And not only now am I out of it that myself, but I try to provide enough information and knowledge to help somebody else get out of it. Um, I try to clear that path, and um, and I guess that's just kind of a passion for, you, a passion for me, a calling for me, is that I'm able to try to help as many people as I can. Um, but you know, like I know, everybody ain't listening. No, everybody, you know, everybody, everybody ain't don't listening. Be, everybody don't want to be mentored. You, yeah. have to, you have to want to be mentored. You know, you know, like the, the, the young Renrick, uh, you know, if I would have talked to him on the streets up there in New York, he probably wouldn't have been studying me either. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, 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 yeah. <laughs> he would call me a part. You know, you, you know, so, you know, he was all about that money and women, you know, just like, like all young men, 
you know, we, we want to play sports, we want to ball, we want some women, and we want some money. Uh, and, and it just takes sometimes some tough situations or circumstances that redirect us. And some of us are able to handle the redirection, and some are not. Um, and you also mentioned depression, and depression is real, uh, and depression is even realer, if that's even a good word, but it's even more uh, now. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's even more out there now just because, like you mentioned earlier, they are exposed to so much, you know, because now you judge people so much, um, you know, and I know we spoke about this in an earlier podcast, but them two hours that that kid is sitting there looking at that phone, all they're doing is judging other people. You're looking at other people's lives, and, and you're trying to, now you see what people got that you don't have and, and, and what they look like that you don't look like. You know, so all this self-esteem and self-awareness stuff start messing with your mind, and you don't really have an idea. Right Man, you you don't you, you don't know what's real. You don't know what's real or not. You know what I'm saying? Like I only got two people like me this week. You don't know what's real. I mean, at least of a pager, you know, with a number, go to the payphone, put that quarter in, get a girl a call, spit your game. You know what I'm saying? But now you could do a, a DM. You know, I'm gonna send you a direct message. You know, it's easy to text and, and type, but can you really spit game? Can you really take care of that woman? You, you, you see what I'm saying? Can you really can you really be there for that family, for that, that situation that you're in? But it, it's tough. Um, you know, that's why I say that the social media, and, and you got to grow with it, because if you don't grow with it, you're going to be left behind. So uh, so you you got to grow with it, definitely, man. But... Man, I really do, again, appreciate you coming in. Uh, but I'm going to let you close, man. Usually I close every time with a nugget. Um, everybody got to have a nugget, man. So if there's something that you wanted the people to hear, your your word of the day, message of the day, statement of the day, uh, you know, uh, a, a nugget, man. Go ahead. That's something that I always tell my younger troops. Uh, as far as mentorship, though, you have to have somebody on your level, below your level, and above your level. If you, don't, if you don't have someone above your level, you don't know how to get there. And you, you need somebody below you so you can help get to where you are right now on your level. So that's basically my word. Right. you got to have somebody below, equal, and above. Right. Hey, man, I've heard something one day. I was listening to something, and somebody told me, man, your haters, you know, they said your haters are always below you. You know, it's very rare that you have somebody that's above you that's a hater. You know, if somebody going to throw a rock, nobody's throwing rocks down. Most people are throwing rocks up. You know, they, they throw rocks up at you. You know, that means they're below you, and they're trying to, to you know, to make you come back to their level. And like I said, your your word, you can use those people below you to keep you pushing yeah. and keep you sharp. Yeah, like, like this real quick. Uh, if somebody's trying to pull you down, you don't have to worry about them because they're already below you. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But you got to keep running. You know what I'm saying? You can't stop running because now they're going to catch up and pass you. So you got to use that, that hating as your motivation, and you got to keep pushing. I like that, man. And then have somebody that you chasing and have somebody that you're running from. All right? They, they keep you in the fight all the time, man. Uh, but, again, my, my message for 2019, um, again, just be obsessed with your opportunity. Um, you know, don't don't just – don't just look at it and, and say that you got an opportunity to come back and do it another day. Man, when you got an opportunity to make somebody happy, you got to go that thing all in. You know, I got to be 1,000 in, and especially if you are like us, 
if you come from the background that we have and don't have a whole lot, and especially when you don't really have a plan, you don't know what you want to do, but when you get an opportunity to actually do something, man, you got to kind of be OCD with it, man. You got to be obsessed with it. And uh, and in your obsession, you're going to make people mad. You know, everybody's not going to understand it. The, the, the boys that you sell drugs with, they're not going to understand that you got something else to do. The women that you used to run with and wild out with, they're not going to understand that you're trying to be serious right now. Um, so you're going you're gonna to have those people below you. You know what I'm saying? So when, when you got your mind set on a plan and you're obsessed with getting your plan, you know, when you're obsessed with chasing that and taking advantage of that, the people below you are going, they're going, they're going to get agitated, you know, and their meters are going to go up and they're going to start doing all this stuff. But you just got to be obsessed with where you're going and what you're trying to do. Uh, and I promise you, if you keep that obsession going, you'll make it. Uh, and my only plea is that when you make it, don't just make it and be selfish. Make it turn around and go find somebody else and pull them up with you. You know, you mean go turn around, man. Go get them and pull them back up with you, man. And that way, everybody could grow. I promise you, the more you give to people, the more you're going to be blessed in return. All right. But again, man, I appreciate you coming in, dropping your knowledge, man. You are always a, a welcome family member. If you want to come back, share some more stuff. Um, and and I know, and I know you got some some. Some stuff, man. We gonna have to probably have a baby mama show one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we can definitely get. That has happened. It has happened. <laughs> so, so, but we we'll get you back on right. definitely another time, man. Good to be here, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Uh, uh, again, man. Thank you, everybody. World, we'll get with you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.